You're listening to the Before Midnight Podcast with your host, Felicia and Jessica. Grab your Bible and a cup of something warm. We're going to chat about making the most of the magically transformed lives we've been given. Welcome back to the podcast. We are so excited to be chatting with you today about being the light in a worn down world. Because if there's anything we can all relate to, I think Mm -hmm. it's feeling a little worn down this season. Yeah. And when we say world, I know that sometimes it can be like, what does that mean? Because the Bible even defines it in a few different ways. Like, is it just like anything here on earth or is it, you know, that which is hostile to God? And that's kind of more what I was thinking when I was thinking about this topic. And I kind of just wanted to quickly define what the Bible says about the world. Um, And it says that we are not of this world and that Jesus is not of this world. And it says that the world hates Jesus and it's full of corruption, but it also says that Jesus took away the sins of the world and that he loves the world. And so I think it's so important for us to carry that light for people because the world doesn't have the hope that a lot of us hold and that honestly I take for granted a lot of the times, you know, like having that hope in the future and we can look around at the world and the chaos and everything and the stuff we see on the news. And I think about sometimes if that's all I knew and I didn't have like the love of Jesus that I live by every day, it would be really exhausting. And it like gives me a lot of empathy for the people in the world that don't have that. So it's just so important for us, you know, to walk in that instead of being conformed. You know, the Bible says like, don't don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Because it is that choice, like either the world is going to wear us down along with it, or we can be that light. And a lot of the times, I think it can be a little bit of a challenge. Because even growing up at a Christian school, um, people that were very open about their faith, maybe not in the younger ages, like maybe not in middle school and before that, but definitely in high school, like anybody that was very open about their faith and at chapel, they would sing the praise songs and stuff. They were kind of looked down on and it was actually almost like the cool thing to be questioning your faith and to be in the back and act like too cool for this kind of thing. (laughs) Is that where you were, Felicia? Honestly, yes. Really? Yes. So in like middle school and stuff, I feel like I didn't care. But then when I got to an older age, like high school years, just the group of people I was around, um, that's kind of what I fell into. And I was also, you know, struggling with questions. There was doubts. And so it was like at the same time, it just wasn't a good recipe. But I was thinking about the people that would be at the front in high school. And they were just like praising God and they were openly having Bible studies at school. And I look back on them and I'm like, man, I remember them being so full of light and they they weren't ashamed of the gospel and you know it's crazy because we think about that in the world but this happens even in christian schools you know it was so i just like think about back to them and i'm like they showed us what it could be like and how your life could be full and how you didn't have to be so concerned about what other people think so my point is it's like being a light in the world sometimes means you're gonna have to swim upstream basically Mm -hmm. against like the culture and everything absolutely i mean my school it was 
um, definitely a public school, <laughs> but um, it was in the South, and it was kind of almost accepted that you were a Christian, but no one oh, really... Uh, yeah, I, well, I was kind of thinking, I was yeah. wondering about that when I was thinking about that. I'm like, I wonder what Jessica's experience was. Yeah. Oh, oh that's a whole other episode. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, in the South, I think it's it's not so much like a taboo that mm-hmm. you're a Christian. It's mm-hmm. almost expected, you know, God-fearing... Yeah. American girl or boy, you love your mama, you love your daddy, and yeah. you know you go to church and stuff like that. But it's not like it was really impacting these other areas of your life. Like if you didn't have sex or you didn't cuss or you didn't like do these other things, mm-hmm. it might be kind of weird. And so, um, yeah, it's definitely one of those things that man, middle school and high school are so hard. Like they, they are. are so hard. There, I do not wish to go back. I, I've literally had friends tell me like, man, don't you just wish you could go back to high school? And I'm like, no. <laughs> Yeah. I'm like, are you crazy? No, like I have so many amazing memories and so many fun things. I mean, I talked to Jeff and I think he had like kind of a hard high school experience and Aww. and like all those guys, you know, your husband, they were best friends in high yeah. school. And so, you know, it's like they had fun too, I think. Yeah. But man, I had so much fun in school. But it was also just a time when the thing is everyone's trying to figure out who they are. Yes. Like everyone is trying to figure out who they are. And Mm -hmm. so there's so much insecurity. There's so much uncertainty. And then you add in like faith and religion and identity and and everything. And then it gets so complicated. And so Mm -hmm. being a light truly does mean going in another direction. But I don't know. It's like the older I've gotten, the Mm -hmm. less it seemed like such a bad thing. You know, like when you're in middle school or high school, it seems so scary to take a stand for your faith. But the older I've gotten, the more I think I've realized that the people that I've been afraid of that might think less of me for it, they seem like they're hurting so much. You know, they don't actually seem like they have it all together. They actually look like they're struggling or they're searching. and, And it makes it not so much like, oh man, I gotta be, you know, I can't share my faith or something like that. But it's like, man, why wouldn't I share this? I mean, it's, it's what they're looking for. And the older people get, you know, the high school naive confidence kind of starts to fade. And then people get mortgages and they get kids and they get, you know, bosses and they get older and they get, you know, diseases. And then all of a sudden they're like, what, what am I doing? And that's when, the answer is Jesus. And and that's what we have for people. I love that because it's like you can kind of escape those realities when you're younger. And then you do get to that age where those questions come up and everybody is looking for joy. Everybody's looking for light and hope and love. All these things that Jesus provides. And it's like, why would we be embarrassed to spread the news and just like spread that joy and light that God's put on the inside of us to people who are, we see them and it's like, they're mm-hmm. struggling and they're looking for those answers. And I was also thinking about, you know, God calls us to be the salt, but when we are trying to conform to the world, we lose the saltiness and mm-hmm. people who are looking outside and they're looking at Christians and all they're seeing is people that are equally frustrated. They're equally impatient. They equally mm-hmm. are anxious. It's like, okay, why would they want that? Right? right. What exactly are we offering? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, that's so true. And it's, you know, it really comes down to our experience with the light. You know, yes. there's a difference between people who say work for a company because they've been completely 
transformed by the product and now they believe in it and they're mm-hmm. going out and selling it versus mm-hmm. people who are there collecting a paycheck. Absolutely. You know, it's the same in ministry. Like you can tell a difference. You know, we both work in ministry and you can tell a difference between the people who are working there because they've been completely transformed by that ministry. And so they're there to bring that to others versus the people who maybe mean well, but they haven't really been touched by the ministry personally and they're just kind of there to have a job and build a career and get a paycheck. Exactly. There's a huge difference. And so when it comes to being the light, I think there's a difference between Christians who are kind of going through the motions and they like telling people what to do and they like to be maybe a bit self-righteous and they like to share, oh, here's what the word says and let me tell you six steps to this. And, Mm -hmm. you know, they like to do that because they like the feeling it gives them versus the people who have spent time with the light They've gotten to know the light. The light has transformed them. It's healed their wounds. It's carried their sorrows. It's brought them life. Those people, when they go out and they're the light, it's completely a different experience when you meet a Christian like that. And I think that's really, at the end of the day, the goal of all of us is to be that kind of light in the world. Yeah, it's like when you get that experience, it's hard not to share with people because you see if you see someone's hurting and you can see how you were in that person, it's like, I was there before, you know? And mm-hmm. then all you want to do is just be like, well, Jesus, you know, he got me out of terrible anxiety. Like that's what happened for me. Mm-hmm. And it's like, when that happens for you, you just want to share and it'll come across not in a way of like judgment, you know, cause there's a lot of people, unfortunately mm-hmm. that have come across the church and all they felt was shame, you know, even though, even though everyone was saying, oh, everyone's welcome here, they left feeling shame. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's a difference between that experience and then coming across somebody that's actually conveying who Jesus what really is. Mm. There's a good devotional about the Song of Solomon by Watchman Nee. Mm-hmm. And it's a really interesting take on Song of Solomon. Of course, we all know it's the romantic book, but it also can, I'm sorry, I'm really out of breath. I'm keeping track. This is the third time you brought up Song of Solomon. Really? So, yeah. Wow, I guess I'm really into that <laughs> I need, Yeah, I need, to, I need to look through that more. I think we need to have a Bible study on it. Yes, we do. But anyway, it's a really good book, and he shows the comparison between us and Jesus. But it kind of shows the progression of the woman, which represents us, uh, with the king, which is, of course, Jesus. And what's interesting is she kind of goes through these phases of Christianity. And I like to call them like the phases of like a mature Christian. And so the first phase of when she kind of first meets the king and he declares his love for her, um, it's a very shallow, selfish kind of love. It's all about how much he loves her right? It's like, oh my gosh, he's so amazing. He just loves me. He kisses me with the kisses of his mouth. And it's just like very much all about her and how much he loves her. And it's not a bad thing. It's a very important step. Yeah. But it's literally the first phase. It's literally her first growth phase of maturity. And yet how many Christians would that describe their entire relationship with God and their entire relationship with with sharing God with other people. It's all about them. It's all about how much Jesus loves them. And again, it's not that's not a bad thing. Yeah. It's a very good thing and it's an important thing because you can't move forward if you don't understand that. Yeah, it's but foundational for sure. It's so foundational. Mm-hmm. But what's interesting is when you keep reading, it kind of shows how she goes on this 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 morphing <laughs> trip. Yeah. Um this growth period where um instead of it just being about all about how much he loves her and his love for her 
completely starts to transform her to where she becomes more and more like him. And then when she goes out and she meets with his people in the kingdom, she loves them and shows his heart and represents his heart to his people. She's actually gone through a metamorphosis of becoming like him. Her heart mirrors his heart so Mm -hmm. that she can actually love his people the way he would. That's kind of what I think is really the goal of us as Christians. And that's really what it means to be the light is it's not just about knowing how much God loves you and what he, how he wants to bless you and give you nice things and bring you into a calling. It's like, that's all great. Mm -hmm. But that's step one, you know, what we should be doing is allow that love. You can't sit in the presence of that love and not be transformed. Mm -hmm. And so when we spend time with him and we spend time in his word and we allow that to just wash over us, our hearts begin to look like his. And then when we go out and we experience the people in our lives, whether they're non-Christians or whether they're other hurting Christians, we don't just preach at them and go, well, here's what you need to know. Mm-hmm. We can actually represent his heart and almost, in a sense, be him in that moment for those people. And that's, I think, what it means to be the light in the situation. Yeah. yeah, there's like a verse about basically like, I think I wrote it down, um, Oh, yeah, James 1, 27. It says, Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. And it's like you see there that that's the religion. You know, a lot of people say, I'm not into religion because they think of it as the rules and everything. But God is saying here that that religion that's pure to him, the first part of it is to look after orphans and widows in their distress. It's like to care for people is basically what he's saying. And then Matthew 5:16, let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good deeds and moral excellence and recognize and honor and glorify your father who is in heaven, you know. And there's definitely good to like telling people about the word and, you know, preaching and, you know, all that stuff is wonderful, but it's saying let your light shine before men so that they may see your good deeds and your moral excellence, your good deeds and your actions, it's really saying actions speak louder than words in a way. It's like when they see your actions, when they see your love, um, that's what's going to glorify your father. In talking about what it really means to be the light, I think we kind of wanted to break this down into what it actually practically means because as Christians, you grow up or when you become a Christian, you hear all about being the light in a dark world, right? It's like we know we're supposed to. Mm -hmm. But I think kind of what we've been talking about is that usually comes with a set of expectations of what that looks like. But I don't think that's always what it means. You know, sometimes I know I think that means I have to evangelize to every single person I see. So the woman in the checkout counter, if I don't tell her about Jesus, then I'm a bad Christian, right? And Mm -hmm. I was just, I just brought darkness into that grocery store, right? (laughs) Like, it's like you feel like the sense of guilt. And like you said, it's not that preaching or evangelism or telling people about Jesus is bad. If you feel led to do that, then you need to do it. And it's a wonderful, wonderful thing. Absolutely. But I think we need to realize that there's more to being the light than just trying to preach a sermon at people because you may not know where they're at. And that may be the last thing they need to hear. That may be the straw that breaks the camel's back. And it's possible that you could do more damage than good sometimes if your agenda is to preach a sermon and to show people where they're wrong. And so Mm -hmm. I think when it comes to being the light, a really good story that I think really shows us well is the Good Samaritan in the Bible, which Mm -hmm. is probably a story you haven't heard since children's church. (laughs) But (laughs) 
we really need to hear it more often. But basically what I find really um, interesting about the story is that, you know, we all know that the, the person was beat up and, and dying kind of on the side of the road and a bunch of people passed by and they didn't stop to help because they were too busy mm-hmm. and notice that it was the religious people that were too busy doing the work of the ministry to stop and help this person. And the person that stopped to help, I don't even think told them about Jesus. Didn't even tell them that, hey, you know, your life could get better if you accept Jesus. And, you, you know, it's like, no, he came. He saw a need. He helped this person. He took care of their wounds and he brought them to safety. That was the need and he met it. And what I find interesting about the story is that Jesus is the one that told it. And I think it's really his heart of like, hey, let me show you, what does it mean to be me in these situations? Mm. What does it mean to be the light? What does it mean to show my heart to people? Oh, that's Here's good. what I would do, right? I mean, Jesus spoke about God. He spoke about his father. He, he preached. He did he all preached. that. Yeah, he did that. But he also helped right? He also did things for people. I mean, if he was a guy who could sit around a fire and had dinner with sinners, if sinners would come to him and wanted to hang around him, do you think he was a judgmental person always preaching about hellfire damnation? Like, no, I guarantee you they would not want to hang around him. But it says that sinners actually wanted to be around him. Mm -hmm. And so I think that says a lot about what it means to represent his heart to people. And so In order to illustrate this in the most practical way possible, because we're all about that here on this podcast, we have an acronym for LIGHT, L-I-G-H-T. What does it mean to practically be the light? Can I say the word and then you explain it? I would love for that. Can we do back and forth? Wait. That sounds good, but you are going to talk about it too, right? I am, I am, I am. Okay, so... (laughs) The acronym is LIGHT. How do you practically be the light in a worn down world? Listen. Oh, for listen. Oh, I was supposed to say the letter. I didn't. Oh, yeah. Well, that's okay. okay. L for listen. L for listen. (laughs) I should have listened to what she said. Okay. So the first word of how you can practically be the light to people, I think, is to listen. Mm -hmm. And so often we're so quick to speak and slow to listen. And it really needs to be the opposite. And what I wanted to share about this is... um. I notice that if you read through the Gospels, every time that Jesus healed someone, he did it differently. Mm. And I find that very interesting because in revealing of his character, because it's not like he came down to earth and said, okay, well, you want to get healed? You want some help? You want to be set free? Okay, here's my standard. Come up here and meet this, and then maybe you can find your freedom. No, he came to them. He, He said, show me your faith. Give me something that I can work with and then I will meet you there, right? The woman with the issue of blood. If I could but touch his garment, I'll be healed. Boom, she was healed, right? The The centurion, no, sir, if you just speak, my servant will be healed. Amazing, it is done. Sir, could you come and pray for my daughter? It is done. Like he came and met them. He found out where their faith was and then he came to that place and he met them in that place where they were at and he brought life and healing. And I think as, especially as Christians, again, mm-hmm. whether it's to, to non-Christians or to fellow Christians, yeah. you know, there's so much we can learn about someone 
And so much that we can bring as far as light is concerned, when we take the time to listen, listen to where they're at, what are they dealing with? What are they struggling with? What are they believing God for? What are they wanting out of life? What are they desiring? Where are Mm -hmm. they hurting? And then meeting them where they're at rather than just coming in with our opinions and our ideas about everything that's going on and kind of shoving that on other people. Yeah. And you mentioning that God always heals people a different way. It's honestly really encouraging because I think with healing especially or like freedom from anything you're going through, we as humans really like the formula of things and we like to um, try to meet mm-hmm. a standard. We're like, okay, I'm I'm taking care of this. If I can do this, then Jesus will heal me. Ten ways to do this. Five yeah. steps to do this. It's yeah. like a, a predetermined path yeah, to we, success. Yeah, we <laughs> like being the reason that something changes. Yes. We like being the fix. Yeah. And instead, it's like, no, there's no formula. There's nothing that you're going to do. Jesus is going to meet you there. Um, but when we were talking about listening, it made me think too of, how a lot of times it's so easy to um like instead of listening you're wanting to just solve it and i I, (laughs) me and brian were listening to a marriage podcast the other day oh (laughs) and it was talking about like the woman was saying that she used to like tell her husband problems and he'd be like okay well then do this do this (laughs) and after a while they learned like okay she just wants him to hear and so now what they do is basically before she tells him the problem, she'll either say, I just want you to listen or I want a solution. And me and Brian were laughing because we've been, we've experienced that before. Um, and it made me think of that episode too of Modern Family, which mm. I haven't seen it in a while, but like when Phil Dumphy, he's like dealing with the same thing with his wife and he goes to a hair salon or something and, and they're like, oh, she had a problem. So what did you do? And he's like, oh, well, you know, I, I told her that she should do this. And they're like, oh, no, you know, like, <laughs> so it's just like, like that. No, you didn't. <laughs> and I also fall into this sometimes. Yeah. Like trying to just, oh, okay. Like, okay, well then do this, do that. I see the solution. Let me help you. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes that's good. Sometimes that's what people want. But just the importance of people feeling like they're heard yes. is really important. So the next letter in the acronym is I. For interest. (laughs) So this is a little interesting interest um, because when I thought about this word, I actually immediately thought about the story where Mary and Lazarus, Lazarus dies and Mary's like weeping and everyone's so sad. And Jesus knew that he was going to heal Lazarus and that he was going to raise him from the dead. But instead, it says that like Jesus was, his heart was heavy and he was crying. He was crying with Mary. And it's a little different, but it's, I think it's kind of the same to think about like having interest for someone and having empathy, like putting yourself in their shoes and caring about what they're going through, being willing to listen Mm -hmm. to them. Absolutely. Because there's a difference between listening and taking interest, Mm -hmm. right? Like you can listen and be completely tuning someone out or be thinking of what you're going to say next, just yeah. kind of waiting for them to to have a pause so that you can insert what exactly. it is that you're wanting to say. And mm-hmm. nobody feels heard, you know, nobody feels special or valued when that's happening. And so in the midst of listening and kind of meeting people where they are, it's so important to to take an interest, you know, this is all about being the light. Mm-hmm. And so being the light, yeah. like we've said, is really about being Jesus for people. Mm -hmm. right? Like representing his heart for them. And he takes an interest in us. 
Yeah. He takes an interest in the things that we care about and the things that we're passionate about and the, and the things that matter to us. And it's amazing. If you want to learn how to be a better communicator or learn how to be um, social lubricant, I don't know, that's not a very great word, but, you know, learn how I to like be it, yeah. someone who's really good at, like, conversation with people, find out what they're interested in and then ask them about that because it is the fastest way to their heart and they will leave that conversation even if you didn't say much they will leave that conversation thinking like man that person is really great like wow like I really enjoy talking with them you know it's like such an amazing thing and it's not just about being liked or being a good communicator but it's about communicating his heart to mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. and he takes an interest in us and so taking yeah. an interest and other people is super important. You know, I think my interviewer side wants to come out in this way. And I think it's probably helped me a bit because I, I'm mm-hmm. a very shy, um, I almost said insecure, but no, I'm not insecure, introverted person. <laughs> and um, just having conversations with people I don't know that well, that is not my strong suit. Like it's not, it never has been. It's just not, you know, I'm not comfortable doing this. But because my job, I constantly interview people all the time. And I've interviewed some people that are pretty um, nerve-wracking to interview. And so um, it's really caused me to come out of my shell. But what am Mm -hmm. I doing? I'm not in the hot seat, right? I'm asking them questions. And I think that's really kind of what it is when you're dealing with other people. I don't think it's wrong to think of it as an interview. I think that people think that's really cold and heartless. But it's like, no, you're showing interest in the mm-hmm. person, right? You're saying, hey, I find you interesting. What is it that you want out of life? What do you find interesting? What do you hope for? You know, what are you thinking about? Mm-hmm. What's going on in your life right now? That will make people feel so valued that a five-point sermon on, you know, how much God loves you isn't going to do the same as just taking a valuable interest. That's showing love in action towards someone. Yeah. You're saying that you and your flaws and your struggles and your your passions, everything about you is interesting to me and it's yeah. valuable and it's worth listening to and it's worth asking questions about. Yeah, it's like people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Felicia Ciciola. <laughs> I made that up. <laughs> she made that up right now. But it's true. Yeah. It's a really good point. And too often as Christians, I mean, you know, we're up here, you know, doing a podcast and, you know, but it's like there's so many Christian podcasts and teachers and, and, and people online who are doing this and they're just kind of saying, well, here's what I think about this and here's what I think about this. You don't really care what someone has to say unless you, you, you know that they actually care about you or, or care about helping you through their messages, right? Like that, that's just, I mean, that's just a fact. You're yeah. not listening to people that you don't connect to or feel like their heart is for you as a listener. Yeah. And so, I mean, that's how it is in every single situation with every interaction with every person. If they don't feel like you care about them, then even if you do try to evangelize or, or share what it is you know, they're not going to actually feel like your heart is for them. Yeah. And I think honestly, like we mentioned the podcasting and one of the things that excited me the most when we were talking about doing this podcast is the community that I'm hoping Mm -hmm. it builds. 
like having people talk to us and comment and tell us like, yeah, I struggle with that. And then like mm-hmm. having that community, that back and forth, you know, mm-hmm. that's actually one of the things I'm really excited about with this. Absolutely. Because I mean, at the end of the day, we all just want to know we're not alone. Yeah, right? exactly. We just know we're not alone yeah. in our struggles, yeah. in the things that we want out of life, in the things that we're disappointed in. Mm-hmm. We just want to know there's someone out there who understands because the enemy just wants you to feel all alone. So bringing the light into someone's life can really just mean taking an interest in yeah. what they like and who they are and what's going on in their life. And you would be amazed at what that does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us for today's episode. Be sure and tune in next week for part two of How to Be the Light in a Worn Down World. We'll see you then.